Welcome to the Joel Altstein recast. The good Joel Osteen sermon made gooder. He's branded. I'm Larry. Why are we qualified to host this recast? Because just like Joel Osteen, we did not graduate from Oral Roberts University, and we too did not get any theological training. 30 minutes of Joel Osteen sermon without some of the less theologically sound misnomers. Okay, before we get going this week, Brandon, it's our quarterly pause where we play a little game I like to call which title is not a Joel Osteen sermon we recently <laughs> recasted. All right? So we've done most of these. One of them we did not. Are you ready? I'm ready. Which is not the Joel Osteen sermon? The best is next. The true you. Keep speaking victory. Your mom is not a whore. Or reverse the order. <laughs> I the, the you, Larry. Now that was just that was lame. That was not very nice to Joel or to me <laughs> okay. or to my mother. Say, stay not saying the theme here. I know it's kind of chance how bands come up with names of their songs. Do you think Joel is running names past a publicist or doing like focus groups when he comes out with like the best is next, the true you? How does he come up with this? Well, I know that you are the single biggest Joel Olstein fan. Of I am. Person. I'm going to be very, very careful about Thank what I you. say about Joel. Thank you. I I was amazed watching a sermon and thinking about. Now they're obviously all from a a, a, a vat, a cookie cutter. They're they're identical. <laughs> other Damn than you. he fills in some I'm, other words. You. I know, but I I was. Is he reading off a teleprompter? No. Because I mean, if he's not and he's memorized those sermons. You got to give him that, dude. It's pretty legit on how he can memorize 27-minute sermon. And without it, there's no, like, let me think. It's like, I'm just going at it. And you know so, what? I love that you yeah. picked up on that. He goes, 27 minutes. There's no prompter. It's all memorized. I will say in his non-defense, he does say the same thing over and over again a lot. And by the way, for 27 minutes and 30 seconds, he never makes one grammatical or he never – it's perfect. Yeah. Like, so clearly, my point is clearly he – well, one, he's very experienced, but he also must practice a lot. You were saying the publicist. I have a feeling there's a lot of practice that goes on really? as part of his job. Well, yeah, I don't think you could come up with a, you know, he's got, I mean, again, they're all identical sermons, but, you know, with the, the theme, but the words are different. So he's got to memorize the way he's saying it, what he's saying. That's why I was wondering if there, is there a prompter? Maybe there's, may, I, I wonder, is there an earpiece? Did <laughs> someone's talking to him? Dude, like, I mean, they, that's not been un, unheard of. Just and just to double down. By the way, like you can't do the pause and everything. Someone, if you've ever like done TV where they got an earpiece, if that's harder than it looks, so oh, I don't sure. think you can pull it off. The other thing too is that, as we mentioned all the time, he had no formal theological training. He never went to Bible school. Nobody ever taught him how to do a sermon. He like he just comes up with these like one day he just named himself well, a pastor. His, started his giving dad was sermons. a pastor, so he he probably went to well, a million he services. Watched, but it's not. Once again, he didn't go to seminary. Yeah. Well, that's. That, that's why, and again, I'm not trying to make you mad, but that's why his theology is always so suspect. Oh, but I don't think that, that, I mean, what makes, him, what makes him a successful pastor is ability to sort of, you know, cry on cue, to get oh. the audience oh. worked up on cue. He's just a master at that. So, okay. you know, I, I was I was curious if there was a teleprompter. I've had none of, enough of your nonsense. Brandon is believing without a sign 
the name of Joel Osteen's sermon this week, or something Marley Matlin signed when she won an Emmy Award. <laughs> I believe it is the name of his sermon this okay. week. Okay, let's look at the tale of the tape. Believing Without a Sign originally aired July 31st, lasted 26 minutes and 56 seconds short. Pre-sermon joke was about a pastor raising money and a horny old lady. That's true. The always important ask for money graphic did not pop up until 14 minutes and 20 seconds. in. 888-567-JOEL, by the way, Brandon, if you want to give money. The giant glow behind Joel turned 22 times on his axis to Joel Crocodile Tears of the Moment. God, I love this. 10 minutes, 30 seconds in. And like a great Susan Lucci speech, it lasted for two goddamn minutes. He cried for two minutes during the sermon, Brandon. Oh, oh. It was, it was magical. I'm not going to lie to you. It was magical to see him weeping. So tastefully dressed this week. Blue suit. He went with the yellow paisley tie and the Joel mullet. God, it just gets better and better. Let's play the game that's sweep of the nation, Brandon. Can I sum up the Joel Osteen sermon in one sense? In believing without a sign, Joel is basically saying, God does not take vacations. And if he's not answering your calls at the present moment, it's because he wants you to figure it the F out on your own. I don't think that's exactly what, what? he's saying. But no, I, I think that he's saying that I mean, ultimately, if you pressed him, he'd say it's because you need to trust God. God is going to deliver. It's just not going to be in your timing. He was saying about like Hezekiah um, and, you know, that, that God was going to do something. Hezekiah got impatient. He's, he was saying you have to wait on God because, Larry, God is going to deliver this to you. He, you know, so I don't think he's saying you have to do it yourself. I just think he's saying that eventually, like when his father was teaching that small church in Lakeland, Florida, and, and not one year, and not two years, it was Nashville? International. Oh, and that's right. Not three years, four, but in the fifth year, it grew and it grew. Like, I think he just, he's sort of saying that you have to be patient, but don't wait. What he is saying for sure is it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. You just have to be patient. It may not have happened yet. You may be 32 years in. Uh, you may be 67 years old and wait for that kid, but it's going to happen. I did think for a second I was at a timeshare presentation because Joel literally <laughs> started the sermon this week by saying, we all have dreams and goals. I know I do. I was like, wait a minute. That's like a timeshare. Uh, from there, Joel pivots to the part of the Bible known as the Faith Hall of Fame, Brandon, Hebrews 11.1, 1, which he doesn't name by the name by name because he doesn't have any theological uh, <laughs> uh, implications. But first. He says, faith, faith is evidence of what we cannot see. In my opinion, Joel pretty much punts this week. His major theme, when nothing is happening in your life, God is trusting you because God knows you don't need anything and can figure it out on your own. Here we go, Brandon. Cancer, your dad died, you lost your leg, your farm burned down. You don't need God, Brandon. You got it. I, I I think you missed it this week. I really what? do. I think think Joel was, I think he's saying not yet. I think he's saying and that and and probably that's even worse. If he said, if he would have said, hey, you got to just rely on your own and God's going to give you the strength to, to persevere, that would have been an actually interesting message. He's not saying that. He's saying, hey, listen, if your farm burns down, if your dad died of cancer, all those things are going to be better because you're going to get a yacht. It may not be in the first year or the second year, but someday God is going to deliver because you just have to have faith that God is going to deliver what you want. So you just got to have the dream and then make it happen. Your bright lights, head of the marquee moment for me came when Joel said, God doesn't need to prove himself to you. 
You need to prove yourself to God, which makes me feel so much better because the God of the universe, that's, you know, the universe 15 billion years old, the God that designed the Milky Way, all the blue whales, the water, the air, the aliens that live under the ocean floor, that's the abyss. The God that created all of that and more needs me to prove myself to him. It makes me feel better. Oh, I, I know this is going to bum you out, but I, I think you finally hit it. That I, I know <laughs> that you are correct. That's what Joel is saying. But unfortunately, Larry, and I'm sorry to tell you this, that's not the way God works. God is the creator of what? all. You cannot mess up his sovereign plan. What? If you believe that God is the creator. I think it's not, you can't just try harder. And then God's like, God's like, hey, listen, Larry, if you just try a little harder, <laughs> then, then I might help you out. But no promises, <laughs> but I might help you out. Your bad theological moment of the day, Brandon, did you have, I have one. Did you have one? Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. You want me to do mine? Go for it. Thomas. Doubting Thomas. He was saying, you know, don't be like Thomas. Don't be like Hezekiah. You know, it's like, wait, the whole point of the Doubting Thomas story that's written in the Gospels is to say that we all have moments of doubt. There's nothing wrong with that. Jesus simply is saying, yeah, you need to touch it. Here you go. But what you need to be working towards is having faith in the absence of proof. That's what you need to be. But he's not saying that that's some crazy thing and you're a terrible person and blah, blah, blah. He's, and he talks about Elijah. I'm like, Dude, Elijah heard from God, the voice of God himself. Like, are you kidding me? What other sign do you want, bro? Seriously. Like, I love that he's like, hey, you know, Hezekiah need to be more like Elijah. Yeah, so we all need to have an angel whispering in our ear. Okay? I mean, that would make us all go, you know what? I, Yeah, that's an angel. I'm just going to do what he told me to do. You know what? I love when we both have the same bad theological moment of the week because that was mine. The Elijah versus Doubting Thomas, which is his running theme throughout the sermon. Oh, it's so good. I mean, oh. hey, again, Larry, you cannot doubt your guru. Good point. He's not wrong. Okay, well, you. On, on that, I do need some help this week, Brandon. It was after Joel said, God has promised you health, children, a home, and a job. And if you don't currently have those things in a flash, boom, suddenly God's going to provide them. My question, where in the world does Joel come up with the idea that God has promised everyone health, children, a home, and a job? Uh, now, again, I know this is going to frustrate you. Don't but do I think it. That, Don't I do think it. That, I think that Joel came up with that when he started thinking about how many more big houses he could buy. He's like, <laughs> if he told people, listen, you may never get a job and you may never get married and you probably will never have any money. So you probably should hang on to it and be wise as, uh, <laughs> as, as innocent as dove and as wise as serpents. But that's not a very that's not a you can't monetize that message as well. So I think that's probably what's going on here. This always makes me feel better about salvation when I listen to a Joel Osteen sermon because I do feel like I figured out true salvation, and that is if you're a friend of Joel Osteen's or Joel himself, you will have true salvation. The story he tells this week about his very own church, Lakewood Church, and that they bought this big-ass building, and there was no way they could move in because they were getting sued. It was going to take 10 years, but suddenly he meets with a guy who's suing them, and this guy's got a kid who's a youth pastor, and boom! Suit withdrawn, Joel wins. No, no, it wasn't just that. He was a guy that was listening and watching Joel's sermons. So, like, go. he sued him, but he still wanted to watch his sermons. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, you know what? I know I sued you, but I'm, gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to sue you anymore because your sermons are so good. Thank you. Okay, one of the last big themes this week, it comes from Joel, and he says that the times in our life that are the toughest are preparing us for exactly what's coming next. 
So under that auspice, if you've got some bad form of cancer and you suffer for five years and then die, what is that preparing you for? Larry, again, your doubt this week is, is challenging me <laughs> on this. I I often wonder, uh, what is Joel? How does Joel answer that question? I, I think that is the greatest Miss Joel uh, Joel mystery there is. Is what happens when the person doesn't get it ever, mm. and they die poor, body body riddled with cancer, an alcoholic, wife it's left coming. you, it's kids coming. won't talk to you. What, what 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 do you do at that point? Brandon, I have a couple of questions before we leave today. First, what is the number if you you want to? What is the number you call if you want to give your money to Joel? I know it's eight 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 something Joel five six seven Joel. Brandon, are you proving yourself to God currently? I think that I'm just in a holding pattern because God will is deciding whether I'm worthy, and I'm trying. Brandon, is I'm that rash sure on worthy. your inner thigh about to go away? According to Joel, it is. Brandon, is there an abundance of rain? on the way yes i live in the mountains so i am sure there's an abundance of rain all right everybody let go let god let joel Phew. i told you i was a crap baby but you just feel very rewarded <laughs>